Everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Please be seated. Martin Luther said, to be Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Truly, I tell you, if you would like to be Christian, you need to pray. We all need to pray. Christianity is a way of life, and that way is framed by prayer. But what does that mean, really? There are so many ways to pray. Today, I would like to focus on just one element of this special prayer. Today, I will focus on repetition as a method of praying. One way to pray is just to say these words over and over again. Today, the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus gives us these instructions. These are the words we say again and again every Sunday, and some people I know pray these words at least three times a day, a prayer on repeat. Words to change our lives. Kierkegaard wrote, prayer does not change God, but prayer changes us who pray. We say these words again and again, and in that repetition, we are changed. And I see it something like this. Have you ever been given instructions on how to get somewhere, and you repeat those instructions over and over? Last week, my dad gave me instructions to get to his lake house, and for 40 minutes of unfamiliar road, I kept repeating those instructions. Turn right after the bridge, and then left on the road by the river, and then straight and straight and straight, even though the road name changes. And now, because we're talking about instructions, we all know how we feel when someone who we love gives us instructions on how to get to their place, but they won't provide the address. If you got the exact address, you could Google it, right? And then you'd get detailed instructions precisely when you need them, and if you had the directions on an app and you took the wrong turn and moved away from the right path, Google Maps would whisper in your ear, recalculating, recalculating, and offer you a quick course instructions, wouldn't it be great to have an app like that to get to the kingdom of God? But no, what we have are old school verbal instructions. What we have is the Lord's prayer. But Jesus says, trust these instructions. Ask and your prayers will be answered trust in this prayer. So that's what we're doing with the Lord's Prayer. Here's where we're going. We're journeying towards a Christian life, and our instructions to get there are the Lord's Prayer. The first term 
is seeing God like a father, like the father you might have in a perfect world. So here the intimacy, this dad saw you being born and helped name you. This parent changed your diapers and cleaned scraped knees and taught you how to ride a bike running beside you to keep you steady. Dad, who has known you your entire life, always there with a reminder to change your oil, a hug in your heartbreak, this dad has time to sit on the dock and drink a beer and coach you through tangled relationships. As I said, the dad you might have in a perfect world, that kind of dad. And this father also has considerable authority. In the Jewish tradition, fathers had obligations. They were responsible for your material well-being. Fathers had duties to their children. This prayer is bold. We're actually saying something like, yo, dad, pay attention here. Remember, you have obligations to me. In our Lord's Prayer, step one is to speak to God with the intimacy of a child, trusting in a father's love and in those father's obligations. Also, and this is a feeling. When we address God in family terms, we are honoring God as an ancestor. For example, when we hear stories about the seniors in our own families, we hear about our own foundation. Like my grandmother, we hear stories about my grandmother. She was super smart and a raging feminist before that was a thing. When the Canadian government wrote her, asking her for taxes, and addressing her by my grandfather's name, you know the tradition, Mrs. Ernst, she wrote them back. She told them her name was Lisa. And she wasn't paying any taxes addressed to Ernst. That wasn't her name. The Canadian government wrote her back a tax invoice addressed to Mrs. Lisa. When I hear stories of my ancestors, like my grandmother, I see myself, I find myself in the stories of my family. It is a root of my identity. When we address God as Father, it's like that. God as a foundation for our life and identity. The first step in the instructions in this prayer and directions for a Christian life is to address God as a part of your family. So kick off your shoes and put on your most comfortable outfit, the sweatpants you never wear in public because you wouldn't want to be seen like that. Our father already knows, has seen you. Stop trying to be anything else, just you. Be you, and in comfort and ease and trust. The next direction in our prayer is, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be God's name, which means 
set aside for God and pure and free from sin and powerful, this term shows us that even just God's name is powerful and mighty and holy. What I would wish us to hear as a prayer and a direction for a Christian life is the both and, both and. Keep the intimacy of Father and with this perfect world dad, show up just the way you are and in all the messy imperfections of who you really are, the next line in following our directions we call on the sacred. We are invited and wanted in all our messiness to call on the most almighty, most holy, most amazing God. Returning to our prayer for directions, your kingdom come. And I always hear from Matthew, your will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Repeat these instructions. Instructions for a Christian life, instructions to look for God's will. Mother Teresa says prayer is not asking. Prayer is putting oneself in the hands of God, at God's disposition, and listening to God's voice in the depths of our hearts. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Then comes the bit in the instructions and our prayer about food and sin. Keeping with my metaphor of directions on an unfamiliar road, this feels a little bit like when Dad and I were driving in the Yukon and there was a great big sign on the road saying, gas up. There's no more gas stations or snacks or human comforts or any other humans for hundreds and hundreds of kilometers. Give us today our daily bread. And here it is in our prayers. To get to the kingdom of God, fuel up. We're going to have to take care of ourselves. Eat and drink and sleep. Our bodies matter. We pray as a part of Christian life. We pray to care for this body. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins. We've heard this prayer so many times, the prayer is familiar, but being Christian in a secular society is a new road. And when we are hurtling along a new track, good instructions are essential. This bit of our prayer is a road sign about caution. I read this bit about bread and sin in the same way. I heard my cousin's instructions when he told us how to get to his place in Australia. He said, you go over this big hill and then it's posted that you should only go 60 kilometers an hour because there are kangaroos. Really, my cousin said, just go 60. There are a lot of kangaroos. And in our instructions for a Christian life, we slow down and ask for forgiveness. Caution. We're going to need forgiveness. There is a lot of sin. We look for forgiveness like we eat and like we drink regularly. Ask for forgiveness again like you have dinner again tomorrow. 
This is not punishment or judgment. We are praying as maintenance for a well-lived life. Mahatma Gandhi says this about prayer. Prayer is not asking. It is the longing of a soul. It is daily admission of one's weaknesses. I believe we operate in the world at the speed of how well fed and how often we acknowledge our turning away from God and then turn back to God. Just like we need forgiveness, we remind ourselves to forgive others and then we remind ourselves and each other that we are tried and we are tempted. Deliver us from evil, we pray. And I believe there is evil in the world. I see evil, especially in systems and structures of racism, sexism, sexual discrimination, and economic oppression. And I believe that we need help to escape these evils. Because all our lives are inside these systems, we intentionally or often unintentionally participate in these society-wide systems. Deliver us from evil, we pray. And we don't stop praying. Like I repeated those instructions to, all the way to my dad's house, we say it again and again. Deliver us from evil. We continue to look for an end to all the evil in the world and acknowledge we cannot end these systems alone. We need help. Dad, Father, deliver us from evil. A call as insistent as all the cell phone ringing in our service today. <laughs> insistent. The Lord's Prayer. Our words we repeat like we repeat instructions to get to a friend's house, like getting to a father's house. And Jesus says this about prayer. Ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. Amen. Amen.